Well, friends, there's something about uh, the parables of our Lord that they are, they're so identifiable with him. Like if you ask what literary form is most closely associated with our Lord, it's, it's his parables. Or as our Lord is telling parables, um, we're like, yeah, that makes sense. That's what Jesus does. He tells parables. Um, and that that's his uh, literary form. He has his direct teachings as well. It's the miracle. It's the whole thing. Um, but if we could say, like, well, what literary form did he use most often? Um, he's using parables. And parables, it's so like, these are little stories told in the hillsides of Galilee over 2,000 years ago, and we're still reading them today because they have um, a perennial meaning, and there's also a depth of meaning because uh, the man telling these stories is God. Uh, as he's telling them, he knows the depth of meaning to which his stories will be applied. And so when we talk about the first parable that he tells today, the parable of the weeds and the wheat, um, that there is, there's the, the meaning that he himself gives, which is the primary meaning of the parable, um, that there is an, uh, there's a mixture of good and evil in the world. There are those who do works of good and those who do works of evil, and that it can be very easy for us, and remember he's talking to the apostles, so his first bishops, to want to go around playing judge and jury, but ultimately at the end of time it's God who knows the heart, who will be the just judge. And that weeds and wheat growing up look very similar. And so he's cautioning his apostles to not be too hasty in who we condemn and throw out of the church um, because it looks very similar and ultimately judgment um, goes with the, is the Lord's. That we may um, hastily judge someone who's not wrong or who has uh, the ability and potential to convert uh, and cut them off. So that's the the uh, baseline meaning. But there's a deeper meaning I want to look at today and really um, reflect upon, which is how this parable can relate to our prayer. Um, Because this is not only a parable for the entire universe, but it's also a parable for us in a daily way. Um, I love just the, how the apostles, they go and they just say to the Lord, very straightforward, explain this parable to us. And that should be part of our prayer. A mental prayer is a one-on-one conversation with the Lord. One friend talking to another. And to just go and say to our Lord, explain this parable to me. Like, Lord, can you you tell me what's going on here with any scripture passage? Lord, can you explain this to me? Can you help me understand what's going on? As we pray with scripture, you know, we, we don't just read the Bible like we're studying it. We talk to the author and we ask him to explain it to us. I uh, have been going through a, a popular author that I like, uh, teaches a class on writing, and it's not one of these master classes you have to pay a lot of money for. It's for free on YouTube. And it's been really cool listening to this author talk about how he writes. He's teaching a creative writing class. And it's really cool listening to an author telling how he writes, because then I could go and think about his books and be like, oh yeah. Oh, I get that. Oh, and I remember that. And I remember being impressed by that. And it's cool seeing what he's doing. All the more so with God. We talk to the author of Scripture. And so we ask our Lord, Lord, explain this to us. And the more so um, when we pray, the Holy Spirit prays in us, as St. Paul says to the Romans, that the Holy Spirit um, makes inexpressible groanings. The Holy Spirit is the author of Scripture 
who prays in our souls as the Spirit has been poured out upon us in our baptism. And so filled with the Holy Spirit, when we pray, it's never just my own mental exercise. The Holy Spirit prays in me. If my prayer is primarily me, my action, my thought, if my prayer is just a type of mindfulness or relaxation or homily preparation, right? That's not good. If my prayer is the Holy Spirit praying in me, the bond of love between the Father and the Son who's in me so that I get incorporated into that love. And so then we could say to the Lord, um, explain this parable to us, right? And we say in the Holy Spirit, we're part of that eternal dialogue of love between the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Our prayer isn't meant to be something strange or um, burdensome, but that when we dive into our prayer, um, we could just talk to our Lord as one friend talks to another. And then our Lord um, sows good seed in our hearts, that these are um, resolutions, affections, inspirations, that this is what the Lord sows into our heart as we're praying that he is pouring out his love into us. And so as we go and speak with him, he pours out his love um, into us, into our hearts. He inspires us. Uh, he gives us these great desires to be, um, to be saints or just affections of, of love. And that these little moments of prayer um, can be particularly, like these little graces are hidden in the midst of our day Kind of like the other parable we heard of the, um, the yeast. And it's here, it says, uh, yeast that a woman mixed into, um, yeast that a woman mixed into uh, whatever, the flour. Um, in, in the Latin, it's that she hid it, right? They're hidden moments. And so our, our prayer are like hidden moments with God, right? My prayer, these small hidden moments of conversation with the Lord. And even just a few of them give life to the whole day. They cause the whole day to rise um, and to be something special. And so just a few moments of prayer, of conversation with the Lord, in the Holy Spirit, hidden throughout the day. And so we should really make a good practical resolution that we should try to pray um, just at a few little hidden moments in the day in the morning, around noontime, and in the afternoon and evening. Ideally, that's when we eat three meals, right? So you do it sometime around me before eating breakfast, right around lunchtime and on a lunch break, and then before or right after dinner, right? And these could be just small hidden moments, maybe only three or five minutes, but just these little times. Maybe if one of them you're able to come here to the church and pray. Um, to have these times of hidden prayer, they give rise, they cause the whole day to rise up to the glory of Almighty God. Um, but when we go to pray and we talk to our Lord and we're filled with the Holy Spirit, there's still going to be weeds, right? And what the, the number one complaint, people, number one complaint about prayer is, I don't have time to pray. But when people are actually praying, what's the number one complaint? I'm so distracted, right? I just get so distracted when I pray. I don't know how to... Well, okay. No, it happens. Because what happens as our Lord is sowing good things into our soul, the devil is throwing weeds. He's giving us these distractions. What's the worst thing we could do with a distraction in prayer? Try to get rid of it. 
Let's try to take that distraction out of there. Oh, I'm distracted. I'm worried. You know what? I got to send someone an email. And uh, okay, I'll just do it. Lord, hold on. I'm going to send an email. Let's get rid of this distraction, right? And what happens? You end up trying to get rid of the distraction and you pull up the fruit of prayer. And that's what happens. If distractions come, let distractions go. If you're distracted, okay, just turn right back to the Lord. In fact, uh, I just had spiritual direction this past week, so this is advice that was just given to me. It's not, not even three days old. Um, if you're distracted, say to the Lord, Lord, I'm distracted. Help me out, right? Like, that's it. It's, and then you've just brought it right back to conversation with Almighty God. And if we do that, Lord, I'm distracted. Help me, help me stay in the game here with you. Help me stay with, stick with you. You know, guardian angel, remind me to send that email after I get out of the chapel. You, you deal with that. I'll deal with the prayer right now, right? That these are the th- it's a life of prayer. Prayer doesn't have to be something rigid. Prayer doesn't have to be something um, that we're so nervous about. Our life of prayer, we just talk to our Lord. Lord, explain this parable to us. Lord, explain this passage to us. Lord, explain what's going on in my life because I don't understand it. Lord, help me to understand. Then the Holy Spirit prays in us. These moments of prayer give, cause the entire day to rise up to the glory of God, hidden throughout the day, and that if we get distracted, just bring it right back to the Lord. It's all okay. Our Lord's parables can be seen in many different lights. And so there's a large-scale cosmic meaning to this parable, the weeds and the wheat, but there's also our daily meaning. And so it should teach us to go to our Lord, to try to see in his parables um, the deeper meanings for our own lives. We can only do this if we pray with them. And so today, um, we want to ask our Lord for this grace to pray. And in particular, we should ask Our Lady to pray with us. If we ever go to prayer without our mother uh, helping us, she's the one who will stop all distractions. She's the one who will keep us attentive. And she's the one who can help us out. Our Lady was a tremendous woman of prayer, particularly as she had God incarnate right there in her arms. And so we ask Our Lady to help us to be men and women of prayer in the midst of the world so that we can bear good fruit in our souls to the glory of God.